Finding the right cleat can be transformative. Believe me, I've worn plenty during my career. So getting the right balance is crucial. The cleat needs to feel good on your foot, but also feel good connecting with the ball. The New Balance Furon 7 Plus is built with both of those points in mind, offering overall comfort and precise striking in the game's fastest moments. Because, as I learned the hard way, because I didn't possess much of it, speed matters in soccer. That's why the Furon 7 Plus is built for accuracy and precision at rapid pace and is engineered specifically for use on firm ground. Why is this the ideal cleat, I hear you ask? Well, not to get too scientific, but the Furon 7 Plus offers a lightweight yet supportive hypo-knit with mesh lining upper construction and is paired with offset lacing for a truer strike of the ball, which is a long way of me saying that your game will immediately get better when these are on your feet. Learn more and purchase the Furon at NewBalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Oh my gosh, in soccer, we trust us. We have the roster for the Nations League Games. And we need to get into it. So hit like and subscribe, and let's get after it. Yes! What is up, everybody? And welcome to Justin Babb's favorite podcast of soccer. We trust uh, Jimmy Cream Cheese Trash Can, Conradinho Conrad, also known as Jim, alongside Hollywood Heath Pierce, who looks like Ethan Hawke from Reality Bites right now, if you can see him on YouTube, <laughs> and Charlie Chuck Wagon Davies, who's got a spiral staircase behind him. He's clearly in one of his homes somewhere not in his usual spot. Great to see you, Chuck, first and foremost. Where you been, dude? Where you been? We missed you. I'm, I'm hanging out in the Dominican Republic. A nice family vacation before this year gets hectic. Um, but this place is, is incredible. It is incredible, and it's nice that uh, you get to share so many different locales with us based on all the properties that you have around the world. We're reacting to the U.S. Men's National Team rosters, everybody. That's what's happening right now. We have it. There's no domestic players on this roster. There's 24 total, I believe. But before we get into it and we hear from Heath, we want to make sure that you guys hit like and subscribe. Leave some comments about what you're thinking about this roster. Download and follow and leave a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. And then please share our podcast with a friend. That would be very cool of you. And also, we have to remind everybody that we are a finalist in the soccer category for the Sports Podcast Awards. And we need your help. Please take a minute out of your day, please, to vote. The link is in the description and you can hit that QR code at the top right as well to make that happen. We're trying to put a trophy in our trophy case. We have none. We're zero right now. We need to get to one. We put a lot of hard work and sweat and tears and sacrifice into this. But let's get into the roster after we hear from Heath Pierce. Yeah. Heath, how are you doing, buddy? You look cold. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm doing good. Um, I don't know if you guys remember when we were talking about uh, who should come in. And I was like, you know, leave the MLS guys. Let them focus on the season. You know, use this as an opportunity. And maybe or maybe you're not a, a coach. Listen to that and, and took that advice. Jimmy, also, there is a domestic player in. <laughs> wait, wait, is Miles the Robinson. Shop? The coffee Miles shop, Robinson is a domestic player that's been he called is. in. Imagine Miles him Robinson being the one being like, you know, in a group chat right now, all the other guys that are in these little WhatsApps are being like, oh, must be nice, man. Huh? Must be nice to, yeah, to know yeah, the coach, yeah. you know, uh, to get the call up. But, yeah, we, we knew that was one that, uh, as the domestic player, that we knew was like get him back into the mix, bring him around the team, really important for him personally and for the team um, that I think is – um, circumstantial versus the others that 
either weren't deserve, deserving of a call-up, but it's a unique opportunity to bring in a wider base of players um, when you start a brand new season with Major League Soccer. Yeah, I'm just going to whip through this roster first and foremost, and then Chuck, I'll come to you. We'll start with the goalkeepers and work mm-hmm. our way up. Okay, so goalkeepers, Ethan Horvath, Zach Stefan, Matt Turner, uh, Serginio Dest, Mark McKenzie. These are the defenders. Mm-hmm. Tim Marine, Brian Reynolds coming back into the fold. Anthony Robinson, Miles Robinson, Joe Staley, and Austin Trusty looking to get his first ever cap for the U.S. Men's National Team. In midfield, we got Brendan Aronson. Johnny Cordoso is getting the call up. Whether he's going to get called in or not, Tyler Adams just got announced that he's going to be hurt with a hamstring. He might be out with Leeds for a little while as well. So Cardoso, was he already in? Was he not? Is he a replacement? We don't know that yet. Luca De La Torre, Weston McKinney, Eunice Musa, and a bit of a surprise for me. I'll just get in early on this. Alan Senora getting the call back in. And then forwards up top, release the attacking players. Taylor Booth from Utrecht. Uh, a lot of traction around him. We're excited to see him in the team. He's looking for his first cap as well. Daryl DK is back in. Ricardo Pepe's back in the team. Christian Pulisic is there. Gio Reyna is in. We speculated yesterday in our emergency podcast around the Reyna Berhalter situation. Would he get called in? He's in. Timo Weah is in. And Alex Alejandro Zendejas, who just mm. committed to the U.S. over Mexico, is in. He only has one cap. He has six goals and three assists for Club America in Liga MA. Kisa season. So, Chuck, let's go back to goalkeepers. Horvath, Stefan mm. Turner, feeling good about that? Love it. I, I, I have no objections here. Absolutely none. Uh, Matt Turner is not playing all the time, but he you can see when he has played in the Europa League outside of the last match where I think in the Europa League he got caught in no man's land on the corner kick. Um, probably could have done better with with uh, a rebound. But um, I think ultimately he, ha- he has improved with his feet. That's There's no doubt about that. Uh, Zach Steffen's playing every week as well as Ethan Horvath. So I, I have no uh, problems with with those three being selected. I think Gaga Slonina is probably the fourth uh, He's keeper with the in U20s, this scenario. Though. He'll probably be with the U20s. Yeah. They have their own camp. So, 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 so from, from that standpoint, I, I'm I'm happy with the selection here. Okay, and then Heath, I know we're probably getting ahead of ourselves. We'll have a special preview for these games, of course, and mm-hmm. each each game specifically. But but just like looking into it, thinking you're Anthony yeah. Hudson, the interim coach for this. When you bring in Stefan, who didn't get included in the World Cup roster, you bring him back into the fold, I assume you're going to give him one of these two games. Are you, are you feeling the same way? I mean, you're not going to bring him in and then let him watch Matt Turner play for both. Um, yeah, I would, I would assume that would be the case. I mean, it's tough, it's tough to say, right? We, we know with goalkeepers, it's not about rotation in the national team with goalkeepers. You're going to go with your number one uh, almost always uh, with the minutes that, that you have because you have rare moments to get through them. It's not really a place where you get a chance of tinkering. Maybe a half... But because they're official matches, I think you go with Matt Turner for both of those. But I agree with Charlie's sentiments on, yeah, Gaga would have been good, but probably better used to get legitimate minutes with the U-20s right now. And all these guys are, are playing and deserving of being called up into the national team. It's actually a nice little nice little one, two, and three of, of competition for maybe until, um, until Gaga or, or somebody else steps in and, and creates a little tension with that. I should have mentioned, too, at the top for both of you and everybody listening and watching that this is the first open window that FIFA has had since the World Cup. So this is the first time that our whole player pool was available. Now, we did have a couple of games back in January that was essentially uh, domestic players and guys that weren't playing so much uh, for their European teams. And we had a 2-1 loss against Serbia and that and a 0-0 draw with Colombia. And so now we get to see a, a full slate of guys. Very excited about it, of course. So let's move into the defenders. I think there's a lot to talk about here. We got Serginho Dest, who... Hasn't played much for AC Milan lately. Mark McKenzie coming into the team, excited for his opportunity. Tim Ream, who's got 50 caps for the U.S., getting called back in. One of the better center backs for sure in the Premier League this season. 
Brian Reynolds. We were not talking about Brian Reynolds in terms of him potentially being called in. Anthony Robinson, Miles Robinson. We're very excited to see him back in the fold. Joe Scally and Austin Trusty. So, Chuck, I'll come back to you on this with regard to defenders, and then we're going to hear from the resident defenders, me and Heath Pierce. But uh, what are your initial thoughts on these names? You know, I, I think looking at it, the only glaring omission for me is Cameron Carter-Vickers just because – Yeah, that is an interesting – I mean, li- literally, his manager came out after the last performance from Cameron Carter-Vickers and said he is the best defender in the Scottish Premier League. He is the best defender. Best defender on Celtic and the best defender in the league. For me, there you has he, to be – Do you be... think he turned it down? No. Yeah. I mean, why would you turn it down? I, well, I maybe think... he's hurt. Maybe there's like uh, you know – There, there I, could so be more I, to that, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I don't think you turn it down. I think it's I, I legit I'm injured or I picked up a knock in training or I have some sort of mu- muscular problem. But other than that, I'm happy that Austin Trusty's uh, back in the fold. I think he he's earned it given his playing time. Mark McKenzie has earned it. Um, you know, he's he's always starting uh, at the center of the, the back for his team. Um you know, I, I like Miles Robinson being included here. Joe Scally, he plays consistently. I mean, he I think his his form has gone down since the World Cup, but he's still playing. And Tim Ream is Tim Ream's the standout of, of all the defenders. He's still, for me, uh, he's the number one defender period that we have along that back line. He's the he's he's the captain in chief. I mean, he's performing in the English Premier League. He's proven in the World Cup. He's in the form of his life. Uh, unfortunately he's 30, he's 35 years old, but he's, he's, he's the guy right now. Yeah. Okay. And then, uh, really quick about Austin Trusty to give everybody some, some context. He played for our U 17s or U 19s, U 20, U 23 national teams. He actually was a homegrown with Philadelphia union before making the move mm-hmm. to the Colorado Rapids. And then from there, and the owner of Arsenal, the Kroenke family, Stan Kroenke, also owns the Rapids, and, and Arsenal made a move to sign him, and they loaned him out to Birmingham, where he's played 36 games and scored four goals this season. Now, Birmingham are starting to float closer to the relegation zone in, in the championship, but I think Austin Trusty's been a real bright spot for, for them in particular, so I'm excited and, and very happy for him to get this opportunity. It's nice to see him get rewarded, so fair play to Anthony Hudson for making that happen. Heath, as our resident left back, how are you feeling about uh, our outside back situation? Any comments on the center backs as well? Not ideal. I mean, Brian Reynolds, I, th- I like. That was, that was probably my big surprise in that back line. Austin Trusty was a big surprise because we talked about Chris Richards being a core part of uh, the, the national team as well, not being called in. But it also has a little bit of, if you were Austin Trusty, right, and you were playing every single game, and you see a guy like Chris Richards getting called in above you because he's playing in a bigger club but not playing at all, this gives a little bit of, and again, Chris Richards might have a little knock. There might be something to that. I don't know why he wasn't called in. But it, 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 it could be a real boost for a player like an Austin Trusty who wasn't really seen as as the next big guy at at or was going to get the opportunities at Philadelphia Union gets moved gets his move abroad plays every single game to feel rewarded um as opposed to being like well you got to be in a bigger club and there's a double standard being set here that's got to be a big boost for his career and his future to feel like I'm being watched I'm getting an opportunity yes it's not at the level that Chris Richards is playing at or others are playing at but I'm doing it week in and week out and and to have somebody take uh, uh notice of that I think is it's really important, but uh, you know, otherwise, I, I I agree with with Charlie's sentiments. And then Brian Reynolds, obviously, we need seven right backs for the next World Cup. So it's important. To, to start, <laughs> I, I, I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna add this, Heath. Do you either of you think there's a chance that we could see three in the back? Because Austin, 
uh, Trusty plays as the left center back in a back three. Uh, we've, we know Antti Robinson could play, um, sorry, Miles Robinson can play in a back three and Mark McKenzie has played in a back three. You have, you have Scally, you have Antti Robinson, um, Serginio Dest. Those, those guys can play wing back. We know Timothy Weah can play wing back. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think there's a possibility that maybe? I, th- I Hudson, think so. Well, then now Hudson says, "Hey, let's let's try something else because we have more midfielders, five midfielders, and then the, I think the important part is two strikers here." No, no, I I, I agree with you that 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 is a possibility. I wonder who just sits in the middle of that. I think we saw Tim Ream on the left side of a back three against Mexico in the Nations League final. I, I would start him centrally. Well, that's and what I would I, say that too. Yeah. yeah. So so I'm 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 curious. I think that's something we wanted to see at some point, at least in a game when we had one of those friendlies to to try to tinker. That's when we wanted to see team away up top too. And we didn't get that either. This is interesting though. I, I Chris Richards and Cameron Carter Vickers being left out are big omissions for me, given their current mm-hmm. form and, and the fact that Richards did get some games. I know he hasn't played anything meaningful in about five or six games for Crystal Palace, but Cameron Carter Vickers. I feel like there's got to be more to that. I don't see why he would turn that down. I agree with you. So maybe there's a muscle injury. Maybe there's something that's not being disclosed. But when Tyler Adams had a muscle injury, they immediately went to Twitter and said, hey, get well soon. So I wonder what's going on there. And then Chris Richards as well. Maybe he just didn't want to lose the opportunity to be around the coaching staff, to be around the team for these week, two weeks that they're going to be gone. 10 days, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. So I find that to be really fascinating. Serginho Dest hasn't played a lot. I'm curious to see if you if you roll him out. It's one thing to bring him into the group, but do you start him? I, I think you do, given what he's done for the team and, and how valuable he's been for us. But then that's just too good also to not bring him. Yeah, like, for he's sure. He's a player that I'm like, dude, you're leaving him out. Like, he's just got too many qualities. Now, he may be way out of form, and you realize maybe for the next camp, okay, something's got to change for you. Um, because not only are you out of not playing at your club, but you're also out of form confidence wise. And that's not helping us. Right. But for now you kind of, kind of have to, and he played, he played, you know, something in January, which is a couple months ago. I'm not trying to give him any justification, but he's a talented player. So we have two, I'm trying to look at like, who's the backups for Anthony Robinson's the left back. You have Joe Scally and Serginho Des who both can play on the left side. I don't think that Timothy way a dog. That's true. Timothy way. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Even though he's listed as a forward, he can play in all lines. He probably he probably called Anthony Hudson and was like, "Don't you dare put me in that defense uh, when you when you put out that graphic. Don't you have me as a defender in there? I'm not a defender." <laughs> I'm curious about this. I'm very curious to see who we roll out and when we play Granada first. And so, on paper, that would probably be the weaker of the two teams, of course. Then El Salvador gives us some problems. Uh, yeah, I I think that's a good shout, Chuck. As opposed or the possibility of having a back three. I wonder if Miles Robinson was more, hey, we're going to bring you back into the fold and check you out and see how it's going, as opposed to actually considering him for real minutes. But then I don't know. There's mm-hmm. there's some questions I have about Cameron Carter-Vickers and also about Chris Richards. But let's move into midfield because they have Brendan Aronson listed as a midfielder. Johnny Cardoso, who's probably our only true six in this group. You got Luca De La Torre. He's, he's, you don't consider Cardoso? I, no, I, I just think he doesn't have enough to cover space to be a six a lone six so you, know you think it'd be a, a double double pivot then a double six I, I i think you you need double sixes if you play with cardoso i mean even alan senora those two in particular just don't have the pace to play as a lone six same with luca del torre who's more of an eight i think weston mckinney is probably your closest one to be who could be a lone six just because he could cover a lot of distance and ground but you know him it's it's hard to to keep him 
with with a defensive responsibility and not allow if, him to venture forward. I bet you Yunus Musa, who also got called in, could probably sit there, but his instincts are to probably you know get forward and take the space mm-hmm. and exploit that space. I, I, I just like feel like we're back. gonna have a lot of the ball, though. Heath. We're gonna have a lot yeah. of the ball. So exactly, he offensively he likes to come back and get the ball in that sixth spot. He's comfortable because he can drive it. He's also comfortable with pressure. Wait, who are you talking about? Uh, I'm talking about Yunus Musa. Okay. So like offensively, I think he can play that sixth position, but defensively, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, he puts in, he puts it, he does put in that 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 two way shift for sure. But yeah, you need somebody a little more comfortable being disciplined, sitting between those center backs. Unless you play in a back three, and then maybe you know you can you can have your uh, your uh, double pivots um, that allow you to put another player up top. Uh, yeah, I want to make sure that we see this through the context of what's going to happen in these two games. I think of any window where we can miss a Tyler Adams, it's probably this one because we are going to have so much of the ball. And I think you might be able to take that risk of, and we have to win our group to make sure we book our ticket to the, the Nations League semifinals, which is important. Uh, and, and I think we will do the job no matter really who's out there. I just think we're, we have that much talent and depth. And this roster obviously is very strong. I think you can, though, take a risk, Chuck, with regard to who you elect to play in that sixth position because I think you can be a little bit more flimsy in terms of I mean you need somebody to be there when we're building out right and you need somebody that's protecting the passing lanes in front of the back four but I don't know if these teams Granada and El Salvador are really going to hurt us it's more just about being switched on in transition right because they might have one or two guys that can hurt you if if we're committing too many numbers forward so there's going to have to be a little bit of that discipline to make sure we don't overcommit. well I, I think if you're playing uh a back five, even if you're playing with four in the back, we've seen Wes McKinney play in that double pivot with alongside Tyler Adams for leads. So he's, he's played the six he's played it in Schalke at Schalke. I mean, he's played it mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. Juve a little bit. He's played it uh, most recently with Leeds. So I think he'll be comfortable in that, in that spot. And we're talking about Granada. The U S are going to possess the 80, it's going to be 80, 20 possession, 75, 25. So I think in that case, you get you get most of your your players who are comfortable in the ball, and that's how it should be in Concacaf for for majority of the matches. You keep the ball, we keep possession, and you get your creative players on the ball to to unlock these defenses who are who are sitting back. And you play with two defensive midfielders. I think Weston McKinney and Yunus Musa right now are are probably your top two who sit back, and then in front of them, that's when you get creative. That's when you start to to come up with these ideas. Is it? Uh, a Gio Reyna, who is, I watched him play in that, in that cha- Champions League match versus Chelsea on the road. He came in as a substitute, early substitute because of an injury. And I, I thought he was one of the better players on the ball, especially in tight spaces. He running him in the camp, play him. Let's see what, let's see what he can do in that, in that role. Um, you could also try Christian in that role again, again see how that works. Um, but Ultimately, this is, I think, an an opportunity to try a 10 in that role and see what that looks like. A creative player who's comfortable on the ball, who's aggressive, um, and and see what that that looks like for the future. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there with regard to who should play the 10, especially with Brendan Aronson being listed as a midfielder. He's playing in that spot centrally for Leeds over the last, let's say, month. I know Jesse March was trying him as well, including his new coach, Javi Garcia. Keith, we got we got some questions here. I'm kind of curious to see how we line up and the decisions that Anthony Hudson's going to make. But but I don't know if Alan Senora, who's playing at Juarez right now in Mexico, do you think that maybe Malik Tillman 
should have been called in over a Senora, given how well Tillman's been playing for Rangers? Or do you think Anthony Hudson's just decided he doesn't like the Scottish Premiership because he left Cameron Carter-Vickers off as well? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the upside is that there's nothing controversial in here. Now, there's stuff, there's players up for debate, but there's nothing controversial. And that's the thing that I like about where we're at now with players playing, the age of the players, the quality of experience that we have, is that you can debate all we want about should this player be called in over this player, but there's nobody being brought in that that somebody else is being left out of because they're at an undeniable level. Now, I do think Malik Tillman probably feels a little bit screwed um, in this one because when he plays, he has been very good, um, noticeably good. But um, yeah, I, I actually quite like this 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 roster, and and maybe you can you can swap one or two players out, but none of them that I think are significantly changing the dynamic of this group. Uh, Malik Tillman, just so everybody knows, seven goals and four assists in under 1,600 league minutes so far in the Scottish Premiership. So something to to keep in mind with regard to that. All right, we're going to break down our attackers. But first, we have to take our first break of In Soccer We Trust, so do not go anywhere. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Very excited to see the new Golasso channel here on CBS Sports slash Paramount Plus. And welcome back to In Soccer We Trust. I'm Jimmy Conrad alongside Heath Pierce and one of the stars of the Golasso channel, Charlie Davies, who's wearing many hats these days, including continuing to be, uh, well, he's a, he's a land baron, everybody. He has a lot of properties around the world. <laughs> also, it's March, everybody. It's bracket time, so get yours in now. On the CBS Sports app, you can play in men's and women's pools with friends and join our challenges for the chance to win a new car, maybe one of Charlie's, <laughs> trips to the 2024 Final Four. Get the CBS Sports app or visit cbssports.com slash brackets. No purchase necessary, but make sure you see the terms and rules for details because there might be some stuff in there about Chuck and what you can have of his and what you can't. Okay? <laughs> the shots at Chuck just keep coming. Chuck, we oh, appreciate way, you being here because we can make fun of you while you're sitting here as opposed oh, to when you're not. Jimmy, thank you. <laughs> on, that, on that note, Charlie, when you asked, did we do a show yesterday? I was so happy because that means you did not hear Jimmy and I going after you in the beginning of that one. <laughs> going after the beginning of Monday's show. Uh, you know, just to let you know, you might want to go back and pop in and see what we said don't about do you. Don't do it. Don't tell him to yeah. do that. Don't tell him to do that. 
you yeah. guys want to get me fired up. Okay. okay. <laughs> we just well, want to know well, if you still love us. That's all. Yes, you that's know. all. But you're here. You're here and you got to spot. I'm here. I'm in the you. Dominican Republic at the beach, all this. I'm here. I yes, am here. I of course, I love you guys. You guys are fam. And you got your golf polo on. I'm for sure you got your yacht shoes on. I mean, it's all happening for Chuck. He's got it all put together. All right, let's get into the attackers of this roster. We're going to go to our resident attacker, Chuck Davies, on this. So Taylor Booth is in. I think we're all excited mm -hmm. about that. Daryl DK, I'm excited to see him. Ricardo Pepe, Christian Pulisic, Gio Reyna, Timo Weah, and Alejandro Zendejas. Chuck, take it away. How do you feel? What are your overall thoughts about these attacking options? I would say I love it. The only, I guess, omission here that I, I'm, has me pondering a bit is is Josh Sargent, just because he's been playing well. He, I, I would assume just coming back from an that, injury. And yeah, fairly. it's just the, the injury part. But he's still, good. if he's if if he's playing, he's playing, right? I yeah, mean, right. He's, he's healthy. He's, yeah, um, yeah. So I'm a and just his last performance with the U.S. at the World Cup was was very strong. Um, up until his injury. Only a player, so, by the way, says that when they don't get called in, it's because I, I, yeah, I was coming off of injury, and you know, like that's why I didn't get called in. But otherwise, if you're playing, you expect to get called in. If you don't get called in, then you use the excuse that you were injured. Tell your friends. Yeah, a hundred percent. But but I, I love Taylor Booth getting called in. If you are player of the month in the European League, you deserve to be. You, you've done you've done enough to be called in, um, especially when he's playing for Utrecht, and you have. PSV, Feyenoord, and and Ajax, who who are all battling for for the championship. So you know, um, to get it, you you've put in some some meaningful performances. Uh, so to see what he looks like with this group, uh, it, it's a fantastic call up in in, in my opinion. Uh, Ricardo Pepe's been performing uh, as well in the same league. Daryl DK has has gotten hot. He's in form now, so he's he's earned a call up. Christian. Um, He's Christian, so uh, no no worries there. Gio Reyna, for me, he's got the quality. Yes, all the baggage and everything, that's his parents, and and I don't think he should be punished for his parents. You you get punished for your attitude. You get punished for not performing and, and yada, yada, but we all know he's got a gift in his ability and his qualities. If you're going to move past it, now's the time. So – I understand after watching him in Champions League, the guy is playing. He's he's still got a, a huge ceiling. Bring him into camp and see what he looks like. I think I I, I agree with that decision. Um, Tim Weah is just a quality player. He can play every damn position on the on the pitch. Um, and and the fact that he's adjusted to playing wing back and outside back in Liga is it just shows. I think it goes to show how good of a player he is and and the IQ to play those positions. And then. Alex and Dayas just committed to the U.S., so let's see yeah, what he bring like him in. with yeah, the yeah, top yeah. group. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so let's go. All right, and Heath, I know you got to leave in a few minutes, so this will be your final thoughts as well. Talk to us about your thoughts on the attackers. No, I mean, we, we spoke about it. Uh, the Gio Reyna one, I think it's important. Just bring him in. you got to bring him in because no matter what, if you think it's going to blow over and things are going to pass, you're going to have to address it eventually. He's a young kid with a ton of upside, and this will sort of – show who we are going to see for the foreseeable future and how he handles these types of moments, learns from them and grows from them or doesn't, right? We don't know. Um, we, we hope for the best for him. But in, generally speaking, I like the Taylor Booth shout, Daryl DK deserving, Ricardo Pepe, I think as well. Um, Zendejas, a, another key player moving forward. And and so I agree with Charlie's sentiments. And again, Tim Weah just showing that he may not be the, the, the go-to guy at his club, but 
good enough where the coach is trying to find a way to keep him on the field at all times to be a contributor because he's got those tools, I think is only going to make him a more versatile or, or a better player for, for our national team as well. So those are my final thoughts. Other than that, I love this. I love this roster. I love this lineup. I love the opportunity. I think it's a breath of fresh air for us. Something to be excited about. Uh, <laughs> when, when, when's, the, when's the last time we felt like this? Honestly, when's the last time we were like, damn, I'm, I'm good with this. Yeah, when Charlie, no, when Charlie no scored against Mexico. That was the last time I felt that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the last time is when I got was when I got called on the roster. Yeah, when Jimmy that was, was the when last Jimmy time played in a World I, Cup game. When I played a World Cup game, that's the last time I felt good about a yeah. roster. Well, Heath, thank you so much for joining us today. We know you got to go and uh, keep rocking that Ethan Hawk look. Oh, really by the way, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm I'm still working on Balligan. I'm, wor- okay. I'm working. You're on working. Yeah, yeah all right. I got I got a big iron in the fire. That's all I'm mm. gonna say. Okay, okay. Chuck making some big promises here before you leave, Heath. Heath, take it easy, big guy. Going back to Hollywood. He's on his own little vacation, but not in a warm locale like Chuck is in the Dominican. All right, let's talk to your DK a little bit. Three goals in his last four games, Chuck. And and 22 years old, obviously, we talk about ceilings and potential. He's got a lot. He's got a lot of ceiling left. He's got tons Mm -hmm. of potential. It's more about consistency, I think, and obviously adding some tools to his game. Most notably, I would say his hold-up play. Uh, when to play backwards, when to maybe roll a guy, right? You got to make sure you're unpredictable and yes. in, in the type of decision-making that you're making and looking for those maybe quick combinations. We're seeing elements of that now playing for West Brom, which isn't an e- which I don't think is an easy team. He's playing for Steve Bruce, who having seen him coach for many, I, I don't think he's the coach that's going to like bring that into his game. So it's, it's a little bit of Daryl bringing it, talking it to his teammates, getting that experience and obviously playing in a league that's very difficult as well to like try to settle the ball and, and, have like a, I don't know, disrespect the championship. It's, I just think it's the most difficult league in the world. There's so much pressure. Yeah. And and uh, and there's, they play so many games that I think it's hard sometimes for them to really settle down and have the identity they want. But that said, individually, instead of the collective, I think Daryl DK has really grown, especially since the beginning of the year. So I'm very excited to see him get in here. He's got three goals and eight caps for the U.S. Men's National mm-hmm. Team. Do you think he gets minutes, though? I mean, I, there's so many players. Yes. We talk about this roster, though. But we want to see these guys play. And that's what kind of got me going initially was about Zach Steffen and, and Matt Turner. But there's other areas, too. I want to see Zendejas get some valuable minutes with the first team. I want to see Taylor Booth get some valuable minutes with the Gio Reynas and the Pulisic. So the, you know what I mean? You want to see these guys so we can actually evaluate them in a situation. Maybe Granada and El Salvador aren't the best opponents, per se. But but you still want to see them play with our best players. Uh, Chris Phillips in, in the YouTube comment section. I wasn't going to address this from Slick on Top, this comment, but Daryl DK could be the same as as a Holland. Come on, let's. As I'm in Dominican Republic, so as as they I don't know, if, I don't know tri- if you can say I don't know if you can compare Daryl DK to Erling Holland, especially after Erling Holland scored five goals. No, against RB. Uh, <laughs> as, as, they would, as they would say in, in the Dominican Republic, Republic tranquilo. Tranquilo, yeah, chill. Yeah. No, we can't overhype um, our players. No. We got to leave that. That was those are the Freddie Adu years. We're past that now. <laughs> yeah, DK is is no more overhyping. Is that is that uh, Erling Haaland? But I will say, um, when when I look at Daryl DK, his he he got to he has to play to his strengths. And right now, I think he he knows what what he's he's good at. He knows his ability, his ceiling. In terms of his first touch and his movement, I think his movement has been fantastic. He's only getting better. Um, his first touch, that's going to be interesting to see. The pace of the game internationally is much quicker. Although when you're playing against the lower CONCACAF teams, 
uh, that might be a way to get get into it slower and, and find your feet and find your footing. So for me, yes, Daryl DK should be called in just based on his form because uh, he is scorching hot right now and, and his ability. And we're lacking a striker who is is very dominant with his hold-up play. So in terms of hold-up play, his runs, and his finishing, he, he's top-notch right now, and he can only get better. The weak parts of his game, being able to face up a, a defender 1v1, his first touch in tight spaces, uh, when when teams take away that that the, 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 the ball where you come and check for your midfielders, what else can you do for your team? I think that's where we want to see him improve. And it's not that he can't improve. He just has to make that step. So I'm confident that Daryl DK can do it because, like I said, I've seen him from college and he was a ways away from being successful at MLS. There's a huge step. A lot of things he had to work on. He did that under Oscar Perea. And then he did that again in the championship. And he's shown that he has the tools to be successful as a nine. So let's go DK. I'm, I, I'm, 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 I'm always, I've always him. been supportive of him. So I agree with you. What I find interesting now that I actually look a little bit harder at this, this roster graphic, Daryl DK and Ricardo Pepe are the only strikers like traditional strikers in this camp. So I feel like they're probably both going to get some valuable minutes against opponents that will most likely drop into a low block and make it difficult for us. So I'm kind of curious to see who Anthony Hudson elects to start in either of the games or if he goes with the same person. Ricardo Pepe has been very busy. I like his movement in the box right now, very similar to Daryl DK. I think they're in good form. I'm a bit surprised that Josh Sargent is not in the team. He could have added another one, right? There's no roster restrictions on on how many players he could have brought in. So maybe there was a bigger conversation. I, I have some questions of a few few players. Um, more defensive, and I guess Malik Tillman over uh, not getting Alan Senora over uh, Malik Tillman. But Taylor Booth, I like a lot. For everybody that doesn't know, he plays for Utrecht in the Eredivisie, which is the, the Dutch league, and Utrecht's offense runs through him. There have been some some good articles that I've seen, some really hardcore analysis about how everything runs through Taylor Booth, and I like that he's getting that responsibility and then shining with that responsibility so much so mm-hmm that Manchester United has shown some interest in him. And I think the strongest reason as to why is that Eric Ten Hag, the coach of Manchester United, used to be the coach of Utrecht and has a very strong tie there. And I believe he played at Utrecht as well. So so his his links to that club are very strong. They can have, obviously, open communication with him. And uh, they're, they're monitoring Taylor Booth. So I think that's very exciting, but uh, hopefully not too much pressure. But I want to see him play. So I'm kind of curious, when you see this, if we did a front three right now, I kind of want to see Taylor Booth. I don't know if he starts, but I want to see him play for sure. Ricardo Pepe and Daryl DK, a little bit different in terms of their playing. But styles. they're both going to be not. They're both going to be nines. They're not going to be on the be on the pitch at the same time. No, they won't. You're right. They will not be on at the same time. So, so you have Booth on one side. Let's say you have Ricardo Pepe up top, Pulisic on the other side. I think you can slide in a Gio Reyna, or or a Brent. I probably I put Gio over Brendan at this point underneath. Yes. Agreed. But then, then I feel bad because I'm looking at Timo Weah. <laughs> like, that guy was awesome for us in the World Cup. And he's getting valuable minutes playing multiple positions in Liga for his team in France, uh, Lille. I, I, this is, it's interesting what you do here because, I mean, I think Timo Weah probably starts and maybe Gio slides under if you wanted to start him. And Taylor Booth will probably be a second option like Zendejas and, and uh, DK, I think, will probably be a second option to Pepe. But I wonder, and I think it's interesting that in our first real camp, post-World Cup, that Pepe would be our first starting number nine in that game because we left them off the roster. 
I don't know how much we want to get into that side of things, but uh, hopefully this whole that whole experience makes him a better player, right? That's all you can ask for. That, that's that's all you can hope for is that he comes in just with that killer mentality as a striker. Your main goal is to score goals and and to be one of those players who can bring in other players into the attack. So I would like to see someone playing underneath him as a 10. Uh, and then you could go with two strikers. That way you get more players who are comfortable with the ball at their feet. And so we're going to see a lot more combinations and players interchanging, uh, which will make our attack more fluid. I like that idea. I don't know if Anthony Hudson is is ready to implement those type of tactics and to run out a team like that. But this would be if there was ever a time to put a team out there where you're saying, "Hey, we're going to keep the ball. We're going to dictate the tempo. We're going to be the be the creative ones uh, on the front foot." This is where you could try the the three five two, and mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you could get creative with that ten underneath two strikers and the two strikers. One is DK. Or Pepe, you could, or you even, could play a three, uh, three, five, three, five, one, one, though, right? You could have, you still have the single striker, but have that second striker. It doesn't have to be Pepe or DK. It could be a Pulisic or a Reyna, or because because Reyna, I rely. I remember when when he when Holland was at Dortmund, still they had would have Reyna sometimes floating underneath him, right? Just to be close to him to look for those combination passes or to spring him in some way. It's just an option, but it doesn't have to be a, like a three five two three five two. It could be a three five one one because I think but, we have but, a few but, players but, that can play uh, that second striker. Option. But the, the second striker is you're still two, as in he's higher up the pitch. Yeah, that's have, fair, 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 fair. You know, it's like Josie and myself. Josie was more of a central striker mm-hmm. holding the ball up, mm-hmm. and I was always making runs off of him. And so, you know, you could still find that that type of partnership, but it, it might be some mixing and matching. Okay, well, some of the other news that happened yesterday that got confirmed by U.S. Soccer is that Alex Zendejas – made his decision. He could have played for either Mexico or the U.S. He was born in Ciudad Juarez, Mexico, but uh, moved to El Paso, Texas as a child. And he made his debut in January for us under Anthony Hudson, but it was a, it was a friendly. So he still could make that that switch. He played for uh, our youth national team as well. And, and Diego Coca, the new coach for Mexico, tried to recruit Zendayas to play for El Tri in this month's Nations League, but ultimately... Mr. Zendejas went with the U.S. He is 25 years old. He needed to file a one-time national team switch to make that happen. He did. And now I feel like he adds to the depth chart. I find it interesting when we look at Alex Zendejas and where he fits in, especially I feel like he is is a winger, and that might be our deepest spot. So I Mm -hmm. wonder, at 25 years old, if you have the Mexican coach courting you as hard as he was and probably promising him some playing time, I don't think that anybody at U.S. Soccer, if we had a sporting director and a general manager and a full-time coach, <laughs> could offer him anything more than what Mexico could. But yet he still commits. And he said that his quote here, I'll, just, I'll give it to you. I'm very proud of being Mexican-American. This has got to be hard. And, and I've had conversations with, with a lot of friends that, could have, that are dual nationals and, and making that choice and, and disappointing part of your family that definitely wanted you to represent the side that they're most proud of. But he said, I'm very proud of being Mexican-American. Values from both cultures and maybe the person I am today. I'm very grateful for all the opportunities the U.S. and Mexico have provided for me and my family. Making a decision on your international career is very difficult, and I believe in following your hearts. Mine tells me that my future lies representing the USA. I'm thrilled to have this guy on the team. I just, and because he's going to give us tremendous depth, and I think he could be a real spark plug off the bench, but I don't know when I think about his future, 
where he breaks in regularly as a starter, Chuck. I don't, I don't see regularly as a starter. I, I just don't. Um, but a, a squad player, someone who comes in, rotate, maybe there's injuries. That that's always a possibility. But at the moment, I don't see him being a starter on this team unless he makes a move to Europe and he's playing consistently on a on a big club and continues to grow. But he's not better than Christian Pulisic. He's not. He's not better than. In my opinion, Gio Reyna, uh, when he's at his best. Um, Timo Weah? Timo Weah, when he's at his best. Um, so and we, we don't know what Taylor Booth looks like at, with this group at his best. But given that, he's, he's still a quality player. So you, you love the fact that you're adding someone who could fill in in these different positions and the, and the level not, not drop. So he has quality. Uh, he's just going to have to continue to improve. And I don't know what his ceiling is yet. You know, he could have a, a higher ceiling. He could fit in incredibly with this group, but we just, there's too many unknowns at this point. Yeah. What I think is thrilling. And if we want to speak about the evolution of the U S men's national team, I would say Chuck, and, and you can confirm or deny this, but about six, seven, eight years ago, we might be competing with Mexico for a player that was like a sub on a Mexican league team, like a good Mexican league team, right? Uh, I think of Paco Torres, who I think was a sub for Tigres for a while. And he wasn't like a mainstay. But now we're competing for guys that are contributing to their teams. And not just any team, but Club America, who are considered like the New York Yankees of, of Mexico, right? They win all the titles, all that good stuff. They have a rich history. And he's got six goals and three assists for them. And, and so he has become a very important player. And that is awesome. And I, I, I can't uh, – I'd hug him right now if he was right in front of us. I mean, I'm thrilled that he's joining us. I just hope that he feels good about it in a couple of years when he's battling for minutes. But he's got to know that going in when you look at who he's competing against. And it's just not going to be the players that we're currently seeing on these rosters. We have a ton of really talented young players that are coming up as well. If he, if he sets up on the left side and goes in on his right like we have Christian do at times, well, you got a lot of left-sided players that are coming up. Caleb Wiley. 18-year-old just scored a couple goals for Atlanta United. I know he usually starts a little deeper, but he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. You have Kevin Paredes, who's doing it at Wolfsburg right now. I mean, there's just going to be a lot of competition, as there should be. It's the national team, and we have a lot of players that are playing at a high level and, and doing some good things. So it's an exciting time to be a fan of the team. I just wonder. But I'm excited that he's on. I'm excited he's on the squad. So, all right, we're going to take our last break of In Soccer We Trust. When we come back, we're going to talk about the official – announcement of how the 2026 world cup is going to shake out and maybe we'll give you like a like a fun starting lineup that that chuck and i will put together here ahead of this first game against granada so don't go anywhere another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody, doing Soccer We Trust. I'm Jimmy Conrad alongside Charlie Chuck Wagon Davies. Hollywood Heath Pierce had to go do Hollywood things, so he bounced a little bit earlier. But we're going to break down a few more things around this roster announcement before we let everybody go on this glorious Wednesday. But before we get there, don't miss a second of the action from the greatest club competition on earth, the Champions League. And then on Thursdays, the Europa League, and Chuck has been covering that quite intimately with Paramount+. Plus. Follow the biggest stars from a world of soccer like Kareem Benzema, Victor Osiman, Napoli is absolutely crushing it in Serie A this season. They're going to win their first Scudetto since 1988 when Diego Maradona was on the team. That's very exciting. Early in Holland, who scored five goals yesterday. What a beast. Bukaya Saka from Arsenal and Casemiro, if he doesn't get a red card, as they try to clinch continental glory, you can stream every match from the Champions League and the Europa League live only on Paramount+. Plus. Try one month free with the promo code ADVANCE. Exciting times now in the knockout rounds for this. Make sure you catch it with that promo code. All right, Chuck Wagon. Let's talk about, uh, let's put a roster, let's, not a roster, let's put a starting lineup together. What, what, mm-hmm. what, are, you, what are you saying for Granada? You know, what, what are you thinking? What, what, let's go goalkeeper. You got Matt Turner for sure. Yeah. No question. Yes. I'll, I'll, yes. Yes. Okay. You got, and, you got a preface. The preface. All right, I thought, it sounds like you wanted to say something ahead of who no, you're going to uh, Yeah. I guess the preface was, do we think they'll play a 3-5-2? Um, I'm hopeful, but I, I think they're going to play the four, standard 4-3-3 four, three, three that we've seen. Okay. All right, so the last um, time so we played Granada in the first part of this, the, these games yeah. are really – we played them in June 10th, and we won 5-0. Jesus Ferrer, if you remember, scored four goals, and Paul Ariola scored one as well to make it 5-0. When I look at this lineup, we had 25 shots. They had three. We had 70% possession to their 30. We rolled out a 4-3-3. Matt Turner was in goal for that one. We had Reggie Cannon. Let's just remind everybody what that lineup looked like. Matt Turner, Reggie Cannon, Cameron Carter-Vickers, Aaron Long. Anthony Robinson was our back four. Luca De La Torre, Weston McKinney, Kellen Acosta was our middle three. And Ariola Ferreira and Jordan Morris was our front three to start. And then they lined up in a 4-2-3-1. Uh, whatever, we steamrolled them. And we got after it pretty early on. Uh, it mm-hmm. took us 43 minutes to score that first goal. And then once we scored that first one, we scored the next four within the next 20 minutes. But um, yeah, scoring, scoring first, obviously, always important. But when we score first, I think we'll really determine how the rest of the game plays out and, and how many goals we can score. I don't know. This one's that one was at home. This one is in Granada. I think it could be a little bit more difficult, as we've seen with Austin FC, who went down to Haiti and couldn't get the job done and couldn't get the job done at home. Austin FC, what's going on in the CONCACAF Champions League? Conversation for another time. But, Chuck, so, okay, you got – I think you go Matt Turner and goal. I agree with you on that. Yep. Yes. Uh, back four. Uh, I'm so, you go, go you're, going, you're going 4-3-3? Three, three. Yep. Okay. Because I, I just think that he's not going to – Try something different. Okay. Um, so left back, Anthony Robinson. Left center back, Tim Ream. Right center back is going to be, in my opinion, Miles Robinson. And the right back will be Serginho Dest. That's, that's okay. who who I think will be starting. Okay. One more time. Roll it out for me. I, I completely blanked as I was looking at the schedule. <laughs> a- a- Anthony Robinson, left yeah. back. Okay. Tim Ream, left center yeah. back. Full connection. Miles, Ro- Miles Robinson. Miles Robinson. Right center back. Yes. And then right back, Serginho Dest. 
I would love to see Miles Robinson into this. Now, just as a reminder, everybody, we will have a special preview for this, and we'll know more as it gets closer. The game against Granada is on March 24th, so we've got eight days to really start looking into this. But this is just our preliminary starting lineup. I think that I agree with you with Turner. I agree with you on Anthony Robinson and Tim Ream, and I can see Serginio's death starting. I don't know if they're going to go with Miles. I think that Mark McKenzie might get the start here. That's it. That'd I be would, the only I, w- I, 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 I wouldn't be mad. So, I mean, you can't go wrong with either, I think, in this situation. Do you, do you think we'll see Austin Trusty at all in any of these games? I mean, maybe if we're up 5-0 on Granada, you bring in Trusty for the last 30. Something like yeah. That. Um, I think it's one of those things where you just bring him in and see, you bring him see in. what he looks like. He's just going to taste. Yeah. yeah, cool. I yeah. get that. All right, midfield then. Who's your, who's your midfield three against Granada on March 24th? Eunice Musa and Weston McKinney are the the central deep lying central midfielders. Okay, and then and then I'm going with the ten, and that would be Gio Reyna at the ten spot. And I think I really like that. And and I think I I think the evidence is uh, Hudson going over to Europe to have that conversation with Gio Reyna, considering everything that's happening, bringing bringing him in and saying, "All right, clean slate." You've learned a lot. We've learned a lot. The only way to move forward is to get you into this lineup, get you on the on the pitch, and 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 see what this looks like going forward. Give us your best commitment, the mentality. Everyone has moved on. Uh, play him at the ten and, and see what it looks like. I think also by putting Reina centrally, it kind of solves your: Do I start Team Away or do I start Gio Reina on the right side? conundrum that could happen if you elected because i could see a potential move of like okay tyler adams is out because if tyler adams had been healthy he'd be starting so then yes then you'd have a wesson mckinney musa like who do you de la torre has been really sharp for celta over the last you know two months or since the beginning of the year how do you find room for that so if you went with cordoso at your six and you had mckinney let's say he's just a straight swap with adams then you have that rain away problem at the right side. And I think you want to get them mm-hmm. both on the field, especially to your point, which I think is smart, which is that you went over there and you, Anthony Hudson extended this invitation. In some ways, I think you got to play him or at least got to start him and then see how it plays out from there. Interesting. Interesting. I do think though that because the opponents though, and I'm going to reiterate what I said before are going to be sitting back. I could see us not having, maybe we start, I'm putting air quotes up for people that can't see me in a, in a double six, but ultimately, you're just saying Eunice Musa and McKinney. Like, if you see the space, go take it. Go support the attack because we're going to have yeah, a lot of Yeah, of course. Ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to say that you weren't suggesting that, but I'm just – I just think that that'll be interesting. So I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing more of Cardoso, especially with the top team that we have at our disposal. But um, I'm curious. That's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. But I like what you yep. put together, so I'll stick with that right now. Okay, forwards. Who are our front three then? And, and the, the front three, Christian Pulisic on the left. Timothy Weah on the right and Ricardo Pepe up top. Okay. I like that. I think that uh yeah, I, I, I me and you, Chuck, we're we're in line right now. I, I should put yep. on my 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 polo shirt too, like you are looking good in Dominican. <laughs> hey. I can channel my inner Charlie Davies. Yeah, so I like that lineup. Kind of curious what everybody else thinks as well. Hit us up on Twitter at ISWT pod. Hit us up in the comments right now. Obviously, we have plenty of time. To break this down while again as it gets closer and as we get more news and as we get to see what's shaping up behind the scenes and we get some more information from maybe some players that are there we'll get a, a better more well-rounded account of who we think is going to line up 
ahead of that Granada game. That game, again, is Friday, March 24th. And uh, it is in Granada and uh, kicks off at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. All right, Chuck. So let's talk about FIFA expanding the 2026 World Cup. I think we've talked about it before, but now it's becoming a little bit more official. They're getting more into, instead of having groups be three teams, it's going to be 12 groups of four. But by doing that, you're going to add a game to the sequence. So instead of it taking seven games to win the World Cup, it's going to take eight. So you're going to have to extend the tournament. And then you're going to have 104 total games as opposed to 80. The top two, let's see, 12 groups of four. So rather than 16, yeah. So top two and the be- the the eight best third place teams go to a round of 32. That's why it's going to add that extra game. And then finalists will play eight games. The final will be July 19th in the U.S. Uh, your, your thoughts yes. on... Yes, I love you, it. You love you, you want more games. You're okay with that. Yes, I, I want more games. As, there should be. If there's 48 teams, there should yeah, be theoretically yeah. more games. True, so, true. I'm glad that they did groups of, of four instead of this the three team groups. That that would have just been a mess, I think, in my opinion. So um stick stick with the standard uh three matches. Um or yeah, three matches. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with play. that. So so they're just so. saying that it possibly means six matches a day. So the first game might kick off at one PM Eastern with another starting every two hours. Uh, and then ending at the, on the West Coast at 10 p.m. Pacific. So that would be pretty wild. But, uh, yeah, you got to do something, right? Something has to give. There has to be some sacrifice. All right, everybody, we are done. Within soccer, we trust. Charlie's got to continue to go enjoy his best life in the Dominican Republic. We already set Heath Pierce free. I need to go on vacation, apparently, since these other guys are enjoying it. But thank you, as always, for listening and watching. We appreciate your support. Congratulations to all the players here on the roster. I think it's a good one. We all think it's a good one, and it should be a lot of fun to watch these guys get after it in these two games. So on behalf of Producer Des, Producer Alex, Charlie Chuck Wagon Davies, and Hollywood Heath Pierce, I'm Jimmy Cream Cheese Trash Can, Conrad Dino Conrad, also known as Jim, saying thank you again for all of your support. Please vote for us on the awards. It's in the description or in that QR code, and we will see you next week. Enjoy it, everybody. See you soon. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount Plus.